0: You are now listening to Out of the Blank.
1: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Joe Martinson. Is that your last name? That is my last name. Uh, this is like, we've never really actually had a full-on conversation, but you're a drummer in my uh, in my brother's band, um, the Rogue Citizens. Well, it's all of your guys' band, but... Yeah. Um, it's it's cool that we can finally sit down and shoot the shit. I Basically, when I first saw you, was at the Green Turtle, a local bar down here, and I saw this guy wearing this Big Lebowski shirt, and I was like, that is my best friend right there. Yes. Because the Big Lebowski is probably my all-time favorite movie. It's basically inspired a cult, and a lot of people don't know too much about it. Like, you even mentioned, like, I bring it up to my parents. It came up around their time, too, and it was like... They don't, they don't, I've never seen it before. I'm like, it inspired millions of people to just go out the door and go bowling.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for no reason. It was just like, 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 if you ask someone what, like, what's that movie about? Like, well, give me the plot of that movie. Bowling. You know what I mean? exactly. like, What
1: happens when you're just in a bowling alley? <laughs> yeah. And there's just so much famous people in it, but it, it goes in so many directions. And not to get all into the subject of The Big Lebowski, because we'll save that for the new series, Fill in the Blank, where we can just talk and shoot the shit but we're here to talk to you basically it's a conversation between me and you and so joe what do you do professionally what gets you money
0: well right now it is uh working for state farm um i work for an agent out in salisbury and um i sell insurance i'm one of their i guess i can say now top producers a couple pieces have moved around in the past couple months and Um, as the dust is settling, um, it's, it's a really, it's an awesome job. It's, it's a lot more than I thought it was going to be.
1: Have you met the guy? The guy? Yeah. Allstate. Or Oh, State Farm. Wait, which one's the, State Farm is the farmer's thing, right? State Farm is like a
0: good neighbor. State Farm is there.
1: Like a good neighbor. So if I say like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, when my toilet's clogged, are you (laughs) going to show up and fix it for me?
0: So, toilet clogging isn't actually something that would be covered... Under your homeowners policy, damn. See me, see me about that at uh, Karen Davis Salisbury.
1: They gotta catch you in your off days. Yeah, when sure. you're not working for the biz. Yeah, right. That's funny because um, there's so many insurance companies, and that's a weird thing. You know, there's a thing called um, it's like a there's a there's life insurance. Obviously, you're covered if you get into an accident, which is beneficial. But it feels like how. It feels like the one time you don't have life insurance is the one time you actually need it. <laughs> now, when it comes to insurance, I don't know a whole lot about it just because I just know they take a small portion of something out of my check and I don't ever question where that money goes really deep and fully.
0: Okay, so that's probably, you talking about health insurance, right? They, they deduct something out of your paycheck each month, but do you have health insurance from your job? I hope. Yeah, so that's, that's what they're taking out.
1: I actually think I got my own care provider. Okay. Because I think... I don't know. I don't know. When it comes to the insurance thing, they give me a waiver and so sign like, I don't want it. Yeah. Why do you need my signature? Can we get your email address? <laughs> Why do you need my email address if you're not going to send me shit?
0: This is, it's a good question. Well, who are you insured with?
1: I don't want to give them a shout out on the podcast. Okay,
0: okay. We can talk about that later. But yeah, you can probably ask them to not... Are you
1: selling me. your... Uh, you, are you trying to sign me up right now, bro? No, no. I, I was trying to
0: see... Um, more or less, like what, how you have like your, you could probably have your preferences changed, is what I was gonna get at. So, like I was saying, if you were saying you were with State Farm, say so just call your agent and tell them not to contact you this way.
1: If they let me summon a hot chick in my house mm-hmm. at any time I want by just singing a jingle, yeah. then I will sign up. For okay, sure. all right, I will. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Look into it. I will get. Uh, what's his face? Elon Musk in that situation. So, what's your passion, bro? I know it's. It, is it playing music? It, it is. is Is that the eventual long goal, being a rock star? Uh,
0: Well, it was, you know, back in my uh, early, I would say earlier 20s. Um, How old are you? I am, well, let me, how old do you think I am?
1: I don't know. Because you do have a bit of touch of gray on the side. (laughs) No offense. No, none taken. taken. I actually get a lot of compliments on that weirdly. You have relatively young face. Kind of like me. Like the only reason I keep a little bit of chin stubble is just so people don't mistake me for a child walking through the store. Like, where is your mother? Does she know you're out at this time? (laughs) I'm like, yeah. But then I talk and they're like, oh my God. like (laughs) You're obviously not 12 years old. But I'm going to say 33, 34. Yeah, back sack
0: 34. Yeah, oh my spot god. On. I um
1: joined the carnival. Yeah,
0: October. My birthday's in October, so.
1: Shout out to you. Yeah. You were born 2 months before me and 20 something years ahead of me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, your your passion being music. Um is that is it playing the drums? Is that the only instrument that you've really ever advocated towards because I mean, I've went towards playing multiple instruments and just really couldn't find my niche in music and it's weird because my family goes the complete opposite way with it where my family is all musically talented I mean I am a little bit too when it comes to someone telling me what to do I can definitely play it but I don't I don't feel the compassion or just drive to get me going into music
0: right and, and that's exactly what it is for me man um, I, I only tried playing the drums like that was the first instrument I was drawn to you know when the The permission slip came out in fourth grade and it was time to you know do you want your kid to sign up for for uh for music and uh i was like my mom asked me i was like yeah i want to play the drums um and she thought she was getting away easy you know because all she had to get was a a pad a pair of sticks and a book where everyone else had to rent like these big expensive trumpets and trombones and saxophones right
1: yeah i just played drums
0: right so my mom was like oh this is great and then two years go by and i'm advancing and I, I need a drum set now, and that's when uh, she, you know, ex- saw all the bills coming. Man, it's yeah. A, it was a
1: start ex- buying drum ex- kits, expensive and equipment. All yeah, equipment into they don't it. they
0: don't make that stuff cheap. I'll tell you.
1: Well, it was cool because when I was in school, like they they everybody was buying like trumpets and doing all that stuff, and I was my dad was just like, I play drums, you play drums. I was like, okay, yeah. And he's like, I can teach you at home. It makes sense. Like learn stuff, go into class, blow everybody's mind. Yeah, yeah, and um. He's like, I got a pair of drumsticks, just gave me them. I remember so many times he's borrowed my drumsticks. I remember the first thing I got, like, music-wise for a video game was Rock Band. And I got the drum set, of course. And then, like, he took the Rock Band drumsticks, and he used those at a live gig. Like, um, I once saw him play Ram's Head Live in Baltimore. Uh, and it's a little Kiss tribute band, mm-hmm. and um, the sticks he was using on stage were my drumsticks, because he wow. broke it and it threw it into the crowd at the ending, so I ran over and grabbed it, and started grabbing all the confetti off the floor, kind of wrapping it around the drumstick, yeah. and I look, and the handle says Rock Band. I'm like, oh, how am I going <laughs> to play drums when I get home? Like, But it was cool. Like, Is your, I guess, i passion or more drive towards act the actual art of making the music because when it comes to that industry there's so many different you know things that everyone's interested in whether it's the girls whether it's you know the money whether it's just being famous is yeah. is yours just the actual sound for the music you can be honest here
0: yeah oh, and i I fully intend to be it's um you know at first you know when i was younger i, I, I of course wanted to like being a successful rock band and just, you know, tour the country playing music, getting paid to do what I love to do. Um, we're now, um, playing in the band that I'm in, the Rogue Citizens, um, it's so much fun. And I think we, we mesh really well together and we write incredible music. Um, but I find myself, um, with a void. I'm missing this certain piece of what I've always wanted to do. And I just have never really gotten the pieces together to do it. Um, I I really like the like um, neo soul kind of jazz um, like an artist like Erica Badu. Okay, like um, a lot of her, her uh, music is um, really in the pocket. Um, these really funky grooves, and I I mean I, I think you get together a good drummer who can keep time really well. Um, a, a you know really good bassist and a good key player you know you 're set you could play anywhere you know it's um that's the kind of band i 'm trying to put together
1: do you like that um so do you wish to kind of stem off and do your own thing eventually down the road i mean it's i don't know it's just something i want to do you know um before i
0: you know while i 'm still young because oh, I, sure. I, I i really
1: i don't know i feel like you're i You're never can... too young man you've got to think Blues Uh, artists. What's the stereotypical blues artist? Explain to me that old black guy sitting on a porch playing an old crappy guitar, and he's sitting there just strumming out, you know, his not even passion, but his hardship and everything like that. And it's 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 amazing. Like what I noticed was when it comes to judging a song, I don't tend to judge a whole lot. I'm not too into the whole techno scene. But I understand someone made that. Someone took the time to create that. So I'm not going to knock it now when it comes to how they're developed. Country song, you know, they're usually talking about what they're doing or something like that or what they have or, you know, growing up on a farm. There's certain clicks or niches that, you know, you relate to that certain topic like reggae. What's the first thing when I say reggae? You know, you think of pot, you think of the whole surfer, California-type vibe, you know, because that's what mostly all the songs are about. But when you play a, something like blues or soul or funk, it's it's something, you know, funk gets mixed up with psychedelics and all that type of stuff. But, like, when you hear a soul song or a blues song, there's a, there's a, there's a pain to it. But there's also a wisdom in the words, because it's like you're hearing a story, but and also an experience.
0: For sure. Yeah.
1: It brings me down to the line of thinking of um, comedians that use, like, storytelling and stuff like that. Like, you're getting the experience. It's something that it might be relatable. If you are able to relate yourself to a song, I feel like an audience, no matter what quality it is or what genre it is, it, um, it really opens their eyes up in a way and kind of makes them able to be able to connect to the audience. Like, that's the one thing you want to do as a band, first of all.
0: Absolutely.
1: Because as a band, you guys, I always sum it up to you guys are all cooks in the kitchen, and you're all creating this... <laughs> this, this basically entree for everyone to take in. And, um, if, you know, you want to play the stuff that people know and, you know, that's why you play cover songs and you throw an original in there and they might like the original. And then it's like, bam, you're getting a chain reaction type events. And it's, it's amazing because if you, if all of you guys are making, working on a different recipe, you're not going to get the same good product in the end. But if all of you guys are throwing in your own little spice and everything like that, it's just, it's 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 beautiful to see and the audience recognizes it and that's when you see them all vibing and dancing. And exactly.
0: It's, yeah, it's it's really cool to, to play with this band because of that very reason, man. It's uh, <clears throat> People seem to dig our music, you know, and um, I've never been in a band that's, um, you know, had so many people just, you know, random people just come up and stop and listen or, you know, if we're playing at a bar, they come up to you after the show and they're like, man, I was on the way out. But, like, you guys started playing, and like we, we opened our tab again. Like, we've had people say that to us, too. And, like, um, you know, it's, it's, feel really, glorified, it's really cool to meet people like that. A
1: lot right? of people say that's selfish because you're basically hogging for the attention. I was like, <laughs> that's why girls put up pictures of their asses on Instagram. First of all, <laughs> they want the attention. Like, of obviously, course. someone's going to compliment them. I said always, what's worse than um, taking a booty pic or something and putting it up on Instagram is taking a picture of you being in or by a hospital. (laughs) Because everyone's immediately on you, like people you've never even heard of contacting you. Are you alive? And you're just like, yeah.
0: Social media.
1: It's a powerful thing, man. It over controls so much lives. But in so many ways, it's very, very beneficial, especially for a band. Oh, yeah. Shouting it out there. A lot of people ask why I don't really do a whole lot with my podcast when it comes with advertising or like you know spreading it around i'm like because there's i like it coming from the people that were on the podcast as well like i'll share it on a facebook thing it's the only thing i use facebook for that and birthdays but like checking my news feed making sure nobody died recently that you know i knew and it was like you know it's 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 not that I, I want it to spread with like paying money. I don't want it to go like that. I want it to have an essence. I want people to be able to share their experience on the podcast. I'm like, you, you should do this podcast. It was awesome. It was a cool, you know, vibing conversation. I yeah. just noticed everyone's got a story, man. Everyone's got an interesting experience in their life and it creates who we are today. Whether you're an asshole or you're a good person, <laughs> you know, you got to take it in strides, man. Everybody's yeah. their own flavor. You just got to find the taste. Look at that. That was a beautiful saying. Very. I'm also pretty hungry, so. Yeah. That's why I'm connecting a lot of things with food. That'll,
0: yep, yeah, that'll happen.
1: What's your favorite um, road food, I would say? When you travel on the road, like the one place you want to stop, or mm. do you have like a certain um, thing you like to snack on?
0: Yeah, so like if, I mean, if there's ever like a bagel place, uh, I'm from Jersey, right? What? Yeah, I'm from Jersey.
1: So, ha, oh, ha, oh, oh. Bagels? So,
0: check this out. Not just like a bagel with cream cheese. I'm talking like a cream bagel is sandwich. Cream cheese so is nasty. So like like a ham, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: That's food. That's my jam right I'll there. I say, if you're just eating a bagel, how do you no. have sustenance <laughs> to play drums at night?
0: No. So, I, I'm from Jersey, and, and there are the Diamond Dozen in New Jersey. They're everywhere. My
1: favorite and, comedian comes from um, New Jersey. Who's that? Joey Diaz. Okay. You know who Joey Diaz is?
0: I've heard the name, so but don't quote me on anything. Yeah.
1: Just look him up. You'd be okay. like, I know this guy. He's been in so many movies, you'd be like, okay. He's in The Longest Yard. Um, He's the, the one with Adam Who Sandler. was he in The Longest Yard? He was the dude that was laying on the ground and goes, you better not cut me. And then he gets hit so hard, he's like, can of corn,
0: I'll be alright. Oh, wow, okay. The super fat guy. I'd have to, uh, yeah, I'd have to look him up.
1: He hangs out with uh, one of my big influences for my podcast where I even started the idea in the first place. Is Joe Rogan oh i love um joey diaz is usually on there and like shouting and smoking weeds he does a thing with he does his own podcast joey diaz is called uh it's church of what's happening now and Mm -hmm. he's got this dude on there that he doses with like heavy amounts of like marijuana like tablets and stuff Uh like he gave him a candy that was it said it's 400 milligrams but he put it in a 60 milligram wrapper and then told him to try it and there's a video on youtube you want to die laughing yeah this guy's sitting there and he's like listening to music and you can see him just slowly losing it and he just takes the headphones off and goes you can just hear him mouth the words Fuck. <laughs> like he's out of it and he puts the headphones down and he's sitting there like you know like you know how you get when you get too high uh-huh. it, that's that was the funniest thing <laughs> now do you like I'm not trying to call you out here but you you obviously use marijuana right oh for sure okay Um, when it comes to psychedelic trips and stuff like that, you ever dive into that realm?
0: I, um, I, I've, no. Actually, okay, so,
1: shrooms is, is as crazy as I've gotten. I've Um, never gone into that because I know my brain's going to take a turn for the worse. See, okay, so that's, that's, okay, it could happen. I'm not going to say it could. Dude, pot messes me up. Well then, yeah, probably. I got to focus on not dying.
0: (laughs) If you're with a good group of people, um, and you're like in a, like a place that you're comfortable. Burning Man. It would probably be, and it, or and also if you have access to like, going outside, being outside, some something about being in nature it's and um, and tripping on on shrooms is.
1: It's a whole other world. Wow!
0: Yeah, it, it's it's an it's another it's a
1: it's an experience. All it's such a spiritual experience. It's crazy. See, the funny thing is about shrooms. I relate my brain to Tenacious D where he eats those mushrooms and he starts climbing the tree and he's dreaming like he's with Sasquatch and he's singing that song. <laughs> yeah. That stuff is hilarious, man. Like, that's what I wish I, I could be able to get to, but I feel like if I ever tried it, I would go way too, like, there's no cure for going over something like that. Like, once you once you take it, you're taking it for a ride, man. Yeah. It seems like every time I've smoked, there's always been... You know, there's a thing called... Um, it's a green-out effect where if you smoke too much weed, you get too high. And it causes, like, super anxiety, panic attacks. And oh. Like, I've experienced oh. that
0: before. Oh, my God. So have I
1: yeah, yeah I well, have let's s- talk about that so you can actually <laughs> overdose it's called a green effect it's uh-huh. not like you're gonna die or anything but you'll your body will force itself to shut down like go to sleep which is usually what I do if I get too high I'll like go to sleep yeah. um, your body will like try and release the toxins by either throwing up or getting sick to your stomach or finding food or doing all these certain things that can and you know there's certain ways to kill your high in a way mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people have actually experienced the green eye effect. I have multiple times, basically every time I smoke, because I'm smoking with my brother or something back in the high school days, and it was like, if I wasn't sitting down watching Friday and eating a giant salad bowl of cereal, you know, my brain would immediately freak out and be like, you need to go to bed now. And it's like, it's your body's way of trying to reset itself. Much like if you go up or stay up all night or do something of that sort. Your body starts slowly trying to shut itself down. You actually can experience thing called micro-sleep. I don't know if you ever heard of micro-sleep. I have no Basically, idea. if you've been up for a couple days and you're driving and you, know, you feel yourself nodding out, there's moments. It's actually one of the most common car accidents under DUI. It's actually more dangerous. Your body shuts down for a couple minutes. You don't even realize it happened. You just wake up like, what? And next thing you know, you're like, crashed. Oh, my
0: gosh. That's crazy.
1: See, because your body... It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's everything. It's, you know, it's how you live, obviously, but it's like, it has so many systems in place, like blacking out when you're drunk. It's your brain telling you, all right, I'm going to turn the lights off and you know, see where you go after that. And the next thing you know, you're passed out on the floor or something. It's your body, like saying, you've had enough. Stop. Because... There's also, you can consume too much water, you can do too much of anything. Too too much much of of anything anything is is bad. But when you take things in strides, you take things at a time, things are very beneficial that we talk about as being bad. Alcohol can be a good thing. It can be a social lubricant in a way, as long as you don't abuse it. You don't ever want to abuse a whole lot of things. Just like with the music industry, I'm going to take this long-ass jump to that. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with over abusing something if you reproduce the same crap and don't put any heart or stuff in your material the fans are going to know people are going to know if you start slacking missing gigs you know getting stuck into drugs which happens a lot and you know not talking about marijuana i'm talking about harder stuff like you know that messes up your brain processing and messes up things of that sort you're losing your potential talent in a way whether you feel it or not, like, you're losing the essence, the reason why, you know, what drove you in the first place to even create this beautiful music. And then when you start playing, the fans are going to realize that. They're going to know if you're heroined out on stage. Like, it might create a better vibe, or it might create a worse thing, like, he's not even playing notes anymore. And it's, it's crazy to think about that. Like, especially, um, if I gave you a scenario, let's just say this, it's going to be a little bit random. Well, this is how our brains link into it. (laughs) Hopefully, you've got the vibe of this podcast. But um, if I had to take one thing away from you, one sense, what would it be?
0: Hmm.
1: Because if you think, you can't play without your sense of hearing. Unless you were like Beethoven, or you could feel the vibrations. But then you'd be missing out on a giant chunk of music. I guess the, the least important, I guess, just
0: in my mind, would probably be taste.
1: Then you're going to miss all your road food gigs.
0: Yeah, but I'd still be able to play as well as I as I can now. I would just miss the taste of things.
1: And now what about if you had to miss a certain body part? <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: um, how about my pinky toes? Because, you know, you don't really need them you can you, don't ba- know you, that. you can balance you can balance without your pinky toe you
1: know it's uh, a cool fact is Tommy um is this thing Tommy Iona
0: Tommy
1: Iona oh, uh what is that hard rock band black sabbath
0: uh well i know black sabbath but i i don't know any of the
1: he was a guitar player i'm pretty sure it's black sabbath mm-hmm. but um he lost his ring finger and his pinky finger like the tips or like the, the the top part of it uh-huh. and um that's why he played um down on his guitar, like he played the lower part of his guitar, huh. because it and it created a, a sound that eventually led to how popular his music had that certain sound. Maybe Metallica. I hope it's not Metallica. I'm not too educated on the hardcore. I rock used team. to love
0: Metallica, like back back in like when I was in like <clears throat> middle school. So that name does not sound familiar. So yeah, he's
1: one of the four founding members of Black Sabbath. Was in a tragic accident at the age of 17 that resulted in the loss of his and well, his tips of his middle and ring finger causing him to adjust his approach on how he played guitar using downtuned strings for ease playing, creating that Black Sabbath sound. Interesting. I wrote that for a fill-in-the-blank episode, so I guess I can't use that <laughs> now. But it's, it's cool to think that, like, if you have a passion to do something, you're going to do everything you possibly can to get it done. A lot of people say, well, I just never had time, just never had time. Did you never have time, or did things come up and you just totally forgot to go back to it? I mean, because we've I'm pretty sure we've all experienced like our grandparents who might had to go to war or go to something and leave off early and totally forget about their whole um, just put their lives on hold to take care of their family and kind of grow up at a certain rate. And then it's like when it comes down to did you follow what you wanted in the end, they're not truly successfully happy. You know what I mean? It's hard to find what your passion is, but I believe if you're doing something that you feel is on the right step towards it you're definitely doing the right thing
0: agreed yeah i mean i'm i'm very passionate about music and i'm still trying to um you know pursue i wouldn't say a career in music but you know trying to see as as far as i could take this you know i'm going to try to see it out as far as it'll go
1: so i'm going to ask you a question sure are you biracial
0: um i am not actually you're all white. I'm not all white.
1: I know that sounded really, really racist, but it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be. You look a little bit like a Latino in a way. Yeah, you have I'm a
0: hundred percent Latino. I was uh, actually born in Colombia, in uh, Medellin. So I was adopted when I was 14 months old, and uh,
1: so I hit right on the money. Yeah, yo, I should be a genetic <laughs> scientist or something. Holy crap. What's it like being adopted, man? It is. Because I've had a couple people. You know you're the third person on this podcast series that came out as adopted that I never knew was adopted?
0: I did not know Three that.
1: people. I've had another person that took... Actually, four people. So, I, I don't understand if this is like... How would you just change the name into... <laughs> Robbie finds out people are adopted. And,
0: and that's actually the first time I've heard it put as coming out adopted. So, I like that. I'm going to start using that. When I came out adopted... No, I'm just
1: um, now you made it sound like I was making a joke <laughs> I, I when know, I was gay. It was, it
0: was,
1: yeah. It's funny, dude. I get it. I mean, um, so, it. That whole aspect, though, I mean, you, so you kind of, the whole development process with being adopted, did you kind of feel like you, if I get, wrote down on a piece of paper to find out who your real parents were, would you want to know? Oh, it's, it's a... Cr- uh, oh, so you already cr- know. No. You
0: know, it's a crazy, and there's another crazy passion of mine that I just...
1: you want to find out
0: yeah absolutely i want to find out i I would i would love um to just be able to even if it was just once just look my biological mom in the eyes and just be like thank you you know what i mean i looked at this as um, a learning a totally positive thing yeah like it was bad that was the reign of pablo escobar oh so
1: you see her as pushing you out Um, into a better world, giving you to a better thing. Absolutely.
0: Because it was really bad down there in the mid-1980s, you know, um, a lot of violence, a lot of uh, chaos, and uh, so on my adoption papers, it says I was, I had eight siblings, okay, so I was the ninth, or it was either I had seven and I was the eighth or the ninth, something like that. Cheaper by the dozen? Yeah, right. They... She wasn't able to afford to keep me. There was no next of kin that could take me. So um, she put me. She gave me to an orphanage, yep. and I was adopted.
1: Yeah. So you don't really remember the orphanage, obviously? Oh, You're no, not young.
0: at all. No, I don't remember anything about it.
1: You got the luck of the draw there, being adopted that young man. Some people stay in there for yeah, a little while. Yeah, they that, do, That's man. what sucks. It, yeah. When it. I, see, when I think of adoption, I think of the movie uh, Meet the Robinsons, where, like, the kid, scientist, super, super smart. Kid and he's stuck in this adoption home because he's trying to impress all the parents that come to adopt him. And they just want a kid that's going to play baseball and a certain thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you're trying to pick out like, it's like um the movie Blades of Glory where the dude was picking out super athlete that were uh, uh you know that needed to be adopted and everything. He was starting like his own team. He had all these kids that were winning Olympic medals and stuff. It's like. You're giving a kid a home, much like when you're going to an adoption center and you're picking out a dog. You obviously have what you want, but, you know, just because you don't get it in the end doesn't mean that's not going to benefit that animal's life.
0: Right. I got you. It's It was it was never a, a bad thing to me. You know, my mom, my parents told me when I was really young. Um, and I, I didn't really understand it at first. And then as I got older, you know, you, you hear your kids at school talk about it. People make jokes like, oh, you know, you, you were adopted like if it was like a bad thing, but, um, no, I, I never, they gave me, it was, you know, a great childhood, you know, I came from a, a home that was, um, my parents are still happily married to this day, you know what I mean, it was, um, they were great role models, they, you know, they gave us everything that we, you know, that we could have needed, and, um, yeah, it was, it was, i um, I'm very happy with that. He obviously aspire
1: to be a pretty nice and, you know, individual, well-dressed. Thank you, I came to, from work. <laughs> compared to me, I was wearing my joggers. But, you know, it's it's cool because like you got a good vibe, you're a very nice person, and a Thank lot you. of people try to take that whole thing, you know, being made fun of and stuff like that, and they tend to take it in a negative way, but it seems like the people that are either go through the hardest lives or go through um, some type of knowing that they're different in a way turn out to be one of the greatest people. And um, I have to compliment you on your car. You oh, thanks! Tell man. everybody what that is. <laughs>
0: it's
1: a uh, it's a 2017 Ford Mustang GT. That's that insurance it's money. That <laughs> yeah, okay. That's that making that's it rain. Right? Yeah, that's right. You're selling penny stocks like Jordan Belfort and <laughs> buying shit.
0: It's uh, you know, It's 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 a really nice car. It's so much fun to drive. Um, Do
1: you have a thing where you can change the exhaust to see how loud it is? Like there's like a silent mode or a quiet mode?
0: No, um, but I've been wanting to get an upgraded exhaust for that vehicle. So
1: it's just expensive. Yeah, I knew you were pulling up. You were calling me. I had my phone upstairs. I was like, I'm just going to stand out on the porch until he sees me.
0: (laughs) It only took me one pass by. Well, I guess. No, technically, because I only passed by once, but then I saw you on the porch.
1: So have you ever created an original song? Um, like your own, like, you have a little journal somewhere where you write down some things. Like, Does it ever just hit you sometimes?
0: Nah. You know, I was never... Um, good at the song-making process? No, no. So I was good at making songs, just not lyrics. I, I, I couldn't just sit there and, like, write a song. Like, sit down, write it out, and then put some music to it. For me, it was always about, you know, the melody and the rhythm, um, but not the lyrics. When I hear a song... And this, I guess, this started when I was a kid. I don't listen to the lyrics. The voice is actually just another instrument, as as like an, another guitar or it's like another, a background. Noise. Yeah, it, it's just it's just another instrument to me. But I don't. I most mostly listen to the drums, to be honest. And so even I, when you're watching a performance, um, if I'm if there's a drummer, I mean that's mostly what I'll focus on. Yeah, for kind sure. of stand
1: by there. So you so you got the whole connection with drumming.
0: Yeah, and I guess I I don't know why. Just uh, I guess. It's just how I'm hardwired, just drawn to drums and rhythm. uh, Do you like it when the drums
1: are so loud and you can feel it in your ribs? Uh, (laughs) Like when you hit the bass drum or something? Yeah, and it vibrates inside Um, the ribs.
0: As long as I have my earplugs in, yeah.
1: (laughs) Why do you wear earplugs? Uh,
0: Just, I've been playing loud music for a long time. I used to be in metal bands a lot in Jersey. Well, tell me about that. Holy (laughs) crap. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Uh, First metal band I was in... We were called in the ether. That was our that was our banding. I That's thought it was a name. great band. Name. Yeah,
1: it's
0: a good band. Um, and it was just really like uh, progressive math metal. Like are we are if we are a lot of influences like um, uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like uh, oh, see, now it's been so long. That I don't listen to that music anymore. Nothing
1: like Avenged Sevenfold. Right? Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. So Avenged Sevenfold too. But it it was more. It was just. It was just harder and like a lot of time signature changes and just real heavy. Um, the singing was atrocious because it wasn't singing, it was just screaming. And I hated that. Like, I just
1: never really dug it You the whole felt like they had way. a talent, but they weren't pursuing it. Yeah, the,
0: I, like, I thought the music was great, just the, the screaming was
1: just. Dude, it's the same thing when it comes to painters, man. When you see like the dude that just like, flicks the paintbrush and then sells over $40 million, I'm like, dude, I know you can paint, man. You're just not even putting in the time do it it's not that the art's bad or anything but it's like seriously it's like you're doing it without any effort like oh this is gonna get me money oh i need to make a painting flick and then go like that it's like oh my god put the time and effort into it Find the create i want to see you get on that creative spark and start going on you know if i could watch like from like an observant room of all these people like chasing down something they're very passionate about drawing something and getting real into it Mm -hmm. where they actually enjoy it like i'd rather do that than watch some dude create the New York skyline, but hate it the whole time because it's like you're not going to see the vibe that he's putting out, is going to be terrible, and you're not going to be able to, you know, kind of find it, I guess. Yeah. So, when you're doing these metal bands and stuff and you're going through that, I mean, that's got to be a different s- shift in general just to the music you play now, where it's more of a reggae type rock type vibe. Yeah, I, but see,
0: my, I, I like I said, I started drums when I was in fourth grade, and uh, I, I started taking private lessons and I, you know, I, I was getting really good. Um, and, um, actually started giving lessons, um, in my, I would say early twenties when I started and I, I, I was doing that for a long time. So I, I would develop, um, all these, I would corpor- incorporate all these different styles, um, into my own style. I like that's what I would uh, define my own style as, as, as um, a mixture of a whole bunch of things. It's not just one, um, you know, one, one aspect. Um, I don't
1: know. You're really trying to, um, when you're, you know, when you're not focusing just on one aspect and you're getting a bunch of different influences and putting it out there, you're, you, I understand that because like, I, you know, comedians, certain people have certain influences, but it seems like they all kind of take pieces from, you know, each other in a way like there's certain essence. You just need to find the click that best shows you where you're not copying somebody else. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I mean, all of our information that everyone soaks up and all the information we have in our brains comes from something else, comes from somebody else, comes from an experience or something. So the one thing I've been super fascinated about that I want to ask you about is when it, when you're on the road, what's your worst tragedy, like your worst thing? Because when we talk about experiences and we talk about how good ones can turn into bad ones and mm-hmm. things of that sort, sometimes getting a flat tire, you know, or, like, with the Swall Fellows, where they got stuck in Virginia, you know, for a couple of days, had to miss a gig. It sucked at the time, but they look back on it and laugh because they have a funny story about a mechanic who was the weirdest southern guy out there. Oh, right. And it was like, do you have one of those moments? I mean, we talk about certain foods you take on the road. Like, obviously, you know, if you're on the Bay Bridge and you have to shit and pull off to the road, that's probably not funny at the time. But then you're thinking <laughs> about it. Remember that time I was crapping my pants? Like, there's moments like that that make life really, really... Good yeah.
0: out there. Um, I haven't done a ton of touring um, really I mean we've gone long distances to do a show here and there and I guess when we were in so when I was in one of my metal bands in Jersey we had um, we got booked on a show that was in Philly and you know we had to lug all our stuff there and it was in a really sketchy part of Philly um, yeah, just not a place you would think a metal show would be. But there was, like, some hole in the wall, and we played. But, like, when we were there, I mean, it was a real bad... just, you know, very, very... Um, urban. Yeah. Okay, urban. I'm looking for the, uh, the, the right word The racist word. <clears throat> it was just, um, yeah, it was just not a place you'd want to hang out, put it that way. Yeah. And, um, I mean, run-down buildings everywhere, right across the street, and, and it was in dead of summer so it was super hot there was a a fire hydrant that was just open and you know spewing water everywhere and you know kids were playing in it and like um
1: that already gives you that's the best justification of where you were at yeah
0: um and then we had to uh we went we were hungry we had to eat and we we walked to this like little corner store and it was i mean they were making uh cheesesteaks and we were in philly um it was really sketchy
1: Sometimes it's that 2 a.m. after gig food that just really sets the mood. I mean, I haven't played a whole lot of gigs, but, you know, I remember the feeling of getting off stage, the sense of accomplishment when, you know, you rocked a show. And, like you were saying, people giving you compliments and stuff feels good. But, you know, like when you're standing outside, if you're smoking a cigarette and, like, you just that feeling, that euphoric feeling, like, oh my God, it just feels like you're on top of the world, man. Do you have a certain moment in your life that is. I call it a transcendental moment, but it's like a moment where you've come to, like, realize, like, damn, this is what it's all about. Like, your whole month's been shit, but this one moment made up for it all.
0: Yeah. I I can't say one specifically. You have
1: multiple in a life.
0: Yeah, because, well, I'm talking about just, um, after, like, playing a show and just, you know, having a killer set. Like, that's one of the main reasons I still play, is just having some, even if it's just one random person come up to you at the end of the show and just be like... Hey, man, he that, that was that was awesome. And, uh, I mean, that that for me makes it worth it. That gig was, was worth it. Somebody, um, some complete stranger heard my music and...
1: Uh, one person. Yeah. Even if it's a crowd of people telling you that it wasn't that good or something, just one person coming up and complimenting you makes it better. Makes, makes that show totally worth it. That's how you truly know if someone's passionate about music. Because it's going to feel like shit when people are booing at you. But if you get one guy and it's touched them, that yeah. one person's going to spread that down to his friends. Exactly. And then his group of people is going to follow it. It's like, bam. And I have to ask, before I go into this, mm-hmm. how is the cream soda? It's basically, a, a, it's going to turn into a sponsor, hopefully, on the podcast. But everyone knocks it. It's amazing. It's delicious. You wanted water when you came in. Everybody goes for the water. I'm like, no, you're taking the cream soda. You made soda. a
0: pretty strong case for the cream soda.
1: And I boosted your efforts yeah. in my opinion I, I i'm now joe pr- approved yes
0: Atlanta. absolutely yeah for sure
1: well it's crazy to think man that you have this passion for music because a lot of people after being booed off stage once would first of all give up i'm not saying you've been booed off stage which i'm pretty sure has probably happened it's happened to everybody i'm pretty sure at some point aerosmith you've never been booed off stage No, nah,
0: nah, you
1: modest we've, person no
0: i mean we've never i mean no, in my whole career, with any band I've ever played, no, we've never been booed. We've played to, like, two people, maybe, like, a couple of times, you know, and with one of my metal now bands. Now, that
1: is a true band, right? Yeah. There. A <laughs> band that will put on a full-on concert in front of one or two people yeah. and act like it's 10,000 out there. Well,
0: like, if we were booked on a, a gig and, you know, it was just, I think, I, I don't know, I, I can't even, I'm not even going to try to guess where we were playing, but... Yeah, you know, we'd be booking a gig, and um, there'd be like well, when it was our turn to play. Yeah, there'd be like two or three people there, you know. And Dude, I remember. We still,
1: you know, rocked. Do you it's remember cool. your very first concert you ever went to? Ooh,
0: man! <laughs> I, so I, I, was my first band. I was like sixteen years old. So I was a sophomore in high school, and I think we played like a battle of the bands.
1: I meant like one live performance, you, your very first one. Everybody remembers their first concert that they ever went to. I went to go see Slightly Stupid.
0: Oh, so you mean like yeah, not like a band being playing? Yeah. Oh yeah, my first concert was uh, Chicago. <laughs> you know the band Chicago? Yeah. yeah of course you do. They, uh, my parents won some tickets on a radio uh, contest, and um, I guess they won four tickets to go see Chicago. So they took us. It was, I I wish I was a little older, because I couldn't really appreciate what I was seeing. Now, I knew a lot of the songs because my parents were big fans, so they listened to them all the time. Um, So that was cool that I knew some of the songs, but if I was a little older, I think I would have appreciated it a little bit more.
1: My first concert, I went by myself without my parents. Like, I was able to actually go out and experience what a concert was. Um, Slightly Stupid on my birthday. Oh, that's awesome. I had just turned sixteen years old. I was in with like a group of people that were like in their twenties and um I've always been like hanging out with older people okay. just since I was younger just because they were a little bit more matured and uh when it came to things and plus you know, free ride all oh, at Baltimore. Okay. But um went up yeah. there and saw Slightly Stupid and I was like, Oh my god, like just everyone was smoking weed, getting high and everything and it was December thirty first. Uh-huh. So it's a New Year's Eve bash. Wow. So they're going long after. Like, it was just amazing to hear like, Where the was vibe. It? Um, the Fillmore. was Up in it? Silver Spring. Okay. And uh, afterwards, like, during the concert, he, uh, apparently it was the uh, guitar player, not guitar player, the keyboard player's on um, birthday, December 30th. So they were celebrating that. So they, he smoked a giant bowl, and then, <laughs> like, everyone's singing happy birthday, and then everyone I was with was singing happy birthday to me, and it was like just an amazing experience and afterwards the singer kyle um jumps down off the stage after everyone's just leaving because two in the morning everybody's trying to get home and get out you know it's new year's eve there's snow and stuff and it's pretty cold out yeah and everyone's leaving and i'm sitting there looking for like guitar picks and like all this type of stuff and i didn't even think he was coming down the lights went on and everything and he jumped off the stage came down to me and ran right up to me and goes what's up bro i'm like what's oh, up no man holy shit and he goes dude he goes how old are you i'm like i'm 16 and he goes yeah today's my birthday he goes do you want to smoke a bowl i'm like <laughs> i wasn't even like into yes. it at all and i was like uh yeah he goes right on right on and he's like you know you know that those events transpired but it was like it was the coolest thing because i was vibing with this guy that I looked at was like, holy shit, like this is a rock star and he's yeah. just as cool as me. And That's you know cool. what he does during his, um, his, basically his hobby? What's that? Him and Miles, the other singer, are wrestling coaches. Really? Imagine like your wrestling a High rest- school or. Yes, high school, school? wrestling wow. coach. Imagine your wrestling coach is slightly stupid to sing like a, a well known <laughs> stoner. That's funny. And it was cool because, you know, at 2 in the morning they played their favorite song, 2 in the morning you know two in the morning like that type of thing it was of cool because you're vibing and it's like you look at these people with like that show a rock star image and the the coolest thing is when they're able to be jump down and shoot the shit with you like it's nothing like they understand how popular they are but they are not going to hold that over you like some people take that way into effect we noticed that with like justin bieber you know and his crazy scenarios but it's like if when an artist does that you you even if their music is something you really, really enjoy, you, that music turns sour. For sure. Like, just, you you go to put in the tape after your favorite artist was mean to you, you're like, I don't want to fucking listen to this guy who's a dick. And it was like, that's what you got to, you know, show on stage. When you're vibing and you're doing this, even if the people don't like your music, if you show you're still a positive guy towards the end of the night, and, like, people come up to you, hey, man, that sucked. I doubt anybody comes up to you and says that. You're just some asshole yeah, to do that. But, like, that. if someone says, hey, you suck or something, then you're like, all right, man, I'm sorry I couldn't please you tonight, man. Hopefully we have another gig out there you can come see and I can make up your mind. If you said something like that, dude's going to be like, oh. Well, he's going to feel like a dick, you yeah. know what I mean? He's going to be like, damn, he's like, I didn't know you were this cool guy. And next thing you know, you're shooting the shit at the bar, he's buying you shots, and you're like, I'm going to run up your freaking tab for calling my <laughs> yeah, inner hatred, inner aggressions, <laughs> little microaggressions. Yeah, it's cool to think of that, though, man. I mean, like a lot of people that are, like comedians or some people like that are like down to earth. They know how famous they are, but they don't want to use it. They just want you to yeah. be able, you know, like if I ever got super famous, I'd talk to, you, you know, obviously go to my head a little bit. I'd probably start buying a bunch of shit. But it's like at the same time, I wouldn't want to lose the person who I am, the person that has developed through my life to get me to where I am yeah. today. I mean, everybody's had hardships and roads we've all faced that have turned us into the amazing people we are today. And as God is what we are, whether you want to choose, like this, this scenario I bring up where two people, one that has a good life, one has a bad life, get thrown in, like, one that has everything, one that has nothing. And they can turn into two completely different people. One can be spoiled, the other one can realize he has nothing and go after it. Or it can go the complete opposite way, he just realizes life's shit and thinks life's going to be shit and takes it shit. It's how you take your life, how you take it in scribes. That's why I say, if you have a passion out there, you want to take every step possible to pursue it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you get one life, and it's, it's not really that long in the grand scheme of things. So you better make
1: it a... Better make it a hell of a run. Exactly. Going through the parsecs at 43 seconds. You know what that is? That's some Star Wars reference.
0: Um. Yeah, hold on. He, he ran the, the... He ran the... The castle run in, in under twelve parsecs, right? was isn't that is that
1: Star Wars? Yeah, I think that's what the line was. I think it was Star Trek. There's no, Star Wars. These guys
0: don't know. anything. Yeah, they're. Oh, we're gonna get destroyed. At least I am.
1: About what have you said that was offensive?
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm for that line. That's probably not the line. It's something like that. Is there uh, anything you wanted to ask me? Um. What? Yeah. What? Um. How long you've been you've been doing podcasts? This is this is pretty cool.
1: Oh, it is cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. I thought you were like, you got the arms crossed judging me. I'm like, oh, he's oh, having no, a terrible no, time. No, now. no,
0: no, 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 This is, uh, it's just the way i been
1: waiting. It, it, um, it's actually originated, um, I've been going to the gym basically like every day for like six years now, and I oh, say wow. it so much, so it's like everyone's like, oh my God, he's talking about this again, but it's like, it's been s- like, I've been listening to podcasts because I'm there for like two or three hours. So it's like I'm I'm working out and like I'm listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and it like makes the time go by in a way. But it's like it gives you something to like you know vibe to when yeah, you're talking and you learn stuff. Like listening to his podcast, I always give him a shout out because he start he starts people's podcasts. He wants people to create their own. There are certain people that should have a podcast. I believe everyone could have a podcast. You just gotta make it fun. You gotta have the right people that you can kind of vibe with. Yeah. But when you're listening, like. He's had famous comedians on that I like that have inspired my Netflix and he's had famous uh musicians and stuff on um that like you know that have given me like a good history and stuff on things like you know he had Steven Tyler on from Aerosmith and he was explaining how he made songs and everything like that and that's just awesome yeah. hearing how like his influences can go that way and um It's cool because, like, he had one comedian, Greg Proops, and then he has this guy, Christopher Ryan, who's, like, a well-known, like, they all have these certain things that they're passionate about, whether it's American history or whether it's history, and they're spouting all these facts, and that's where I'm getting all this information so it's coming from. Then I end up looking deeper into it, like the one um, dude I was telling you about before with the fill in the blank episode with Bob Lazar. I was telling you about the guy that gave out the secrets to Area Fifty One. Mm-hmm. The podcast he has with Sean O'Neill or or whatever his name is. I actually want to look this guy up because he gave me so much uh, like just good information. His name is Sean Carroll. Okay, he is a cosmologist and psychics professor specializing in dark energy and general relativity he's a research professor in the department of physics at the california institute of technology and he was giving quote to bob lazar which made me even look him up in the first place the guy discovered the the you know the uh, gravity waves had two lengths and he was thought as is like a criticized conspiracy person. Mm -hmm. And now 30 years or almost 40 years later, evidence is coming out in December of 2018 that, the institute found that there is evidence there is two wavelengths. And just to hear stuff like that and be like, it changes your whole perspective. Whether he had Elon Musk on there and he's asking him, why did he build a flamethrower? And he goes, it's not a flamethrower. And that's the name of the product. It's not a flamethrower. And that's how he shipped it through the mail. See, those are fun facts you learn. Much like reading a book, a podcast is a is a it's a it's it's a written down story. Everything I'm saying to you, everything you're saying to me, it's in history, whether it's recorded or not. I just started realizing, you know, I I could be doing something like this. And for a long time, I was so introvert, and now I'm taking the time to be extrovert. But it's like, everyone's got an experience. Everyone's got a story to tell. I mean, I I always go back to the um, one housekeeper I've known for a couple of years who always, you know, asked me how I'm doing and everything. She used to be a professional women's champion arm wrestler.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That's a job, like, for a kid or something. It's crazy to think. And, like, there's people that own stores and businesses lived on the streets tried crack done all these type of things and they managed to turn their life around and it's like you know it's it's you're experiencing something whether you think you're interesting or not you are an interesting individual and how you want to display that is entirely up to you but i want to hear your story i want to hear it all i want to eventually record everyone out there everyone's like when i give them the answer like hey when do my podcast whether they don't know what it is a podcast is or whether they don't, they're they not too sure because they don't think they're interesting. That is the one answer I hate the most. I get angry when they answer me that because I end up shouting at them like, You are interesting! I find you interesting! You're interesting! They're like, What are we going to talk about? You're talking to me. Yeah, we're going to have a certain f- focus and topic, but once we get on a vibe and we start going, it's like yeah. you fall into a, a little niche, much like when you're performing and stuff. You're... You fall into a niche, and next thing you know, time the gig's over. You played all your songs. You're like, "Can we still play?" (laughs) You know, it's that type of thing. And it's like it's crazy to think. Like one thing I want to ask you about: you're a dad, and that's got to be hard to even go out of gigs. Like you got to make the time to do all that. Like you, but you're you're still understanding that whether you have this responsibility, you're still trying to find your passion in a way, and you're still trying to make it happen. And does your wife? I don't want to, you know, call her out or anything, but does she, is she accepting to that? To what? To what Support exactly? For you going out and dating? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. She's um, she's super supportive. Actually, um, it's I'm I'm very lucky. You know, it's extremely lucky that um, you know she lets me go after my passion. So, you know, she knows how much um, I love music, and um, it's I'm not going to say that. It you know it doesn't come without a cost because you know she's left at home you know with our six month old and it's it's really hard she's with him all day um, she works a full time job um, but she also takes care of him at the same time we, like we don't we don't do daycare you know we just can't afford it right now um, so it's it's a give and take um, but yeah she's to sum it up she's very supportive about what I do.
1: That's good because, like, when you look at being a rock star, being musically, you know, just popular in general, it's such a small crack in a window. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not much that, you know, there's not much, like, of people that actually make it and become something, whether it's off a stupid five-second song or, you know, I I got stuck in a freaking 15-minute podcast just listening, no visual or anything, of a dude eating raisin bran, what? dude it was something that I was like holy shit like yeah it was 2 in the morning and I was listening to it but I was like oh my god like wow, this man has over 2 million views and a lot of subscribers and it's just different videos of him eating cereal <laughs> the one thing he hasn't eaten is Cheerios he does not like Cheerios his quote is fuck Cheerios Wow. I don't know why, but he's eating crunchy raisin, man. it's just crunch, crunch like he's not even milk in the bowl, it's just dry cereal. Oh. And I'm that, just sitting there and I'm that like,
0: That makes it so much worse. But
1: then it's like ten minutes later you're like, I just listened to fucking ten minutes of a dude eating raisin bran. Huh. What does my life come to? Yeah,
0: that's a good question to ponder at that exact moment.
1: But it's like it's weird to see what people are interested in. And how something so simple and so stupid can make someone a ton of money. <laughs>
0: The world
1: we live yeah. It chalks my brain up. And, like, when you're coming to podcasting, you got to choose which aspects you want to be. Do you want to do factual or do you want to do get it, people's experience and do your own thoughts and just free vote it? Mm-hmm. Everything I do is improv. Besides the, the new podcast series I'm doing, you know, that's trying to look up facts. I find that even hard to get an hour worth of information out there just because... There's so much information and stuffs getting proven wrong, proven right, and all this stuff. It's really just difficult to do. I find better when I'm vibing with the person, like being able to find the connection. I mean, right. no offense, you got the hipster look, but just the <laughs> hairstyle in a way. But it's like, yeah, you know, it's, hey man, I
0: came from Jersey, right? That's that's
1: how it. Are you really shouting them out with the tank tops? Yeah, man. You're not no. that tank top guy. No, I'm not. You're not the Jersey Shore. No. Did that no. show give your guys, uh, from pe- anybody from New Jersey, a lot of shit? Oh, all well, the time. That became yeah. a stereotype. Yeah. Now, oh, dude, and now all of them are like But it's true.
0: It's true. Like I mean, it, not everyone, but a ton of people are like that in Jersey. You know,
1: it, it happens down here, too. You see people walking around with their shirts off that really shouldn't have their shirts off. <laughs> yeah. Gotta go to the gym, bro. Get that lift. Am I enough for you? know that type of thing but it's like jersey shore like it's crazy to see how their all lives turned around like you know they were all the outbreak and now the situations like he's put on weight and you know all that stuff and it's like they started to realize you know life that has other meanings than being an outspoken person you know what i mean being an asshole in a way but it's crazy to see how leveled they are now it's much like watching like They age like 40 years, basically. Everyone's gone completely (laughs) different. It's like, this is what's going from being a child to reaching a mature level. (laughs) Pretty much. But it's cool, man. I mean, I'm glad that, you know, you found you're able to make time where you need to to go chase after your passion because a lot of people just give up on it, and it's not something that's, you know, that's ever going to go away. That passion's always going to be deep down inside you in a way.
0: Yeah.
1: And do you have any other things you're passionate about besides music? Um yeah um, you know friends
0: family um <clears throat> since I've had my son, i mean it's been a incredible experience, you know I'm extremely passionate about no sleep family. but uh yeah, sleep is a lot less than it used to be, but um he's we've he's fallen into a routine probably after a you know a, a solid you know month or two, it was rough for a little bit um but
1: yeah, you know, they have a witching hour too, don't they? <laughs> oh
0: man, they do. Yeah, I mean every baby's different. You know, everyone's experience is going to be different from the next. But um, it's it's awesome being a dad. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. I love it. You know, he's always, especially at this age. I feel like every day I come home and he's making a new noise or doing a new thing or just. You
1: know, turning into his own person. Yeah, that's got to be cool to see, man. It's fascinating. Especially like when you're starting and you're making a song or something, seeing it grow into something. It's like, yeah, you're yeah. literally watching. Now, do you think having kids is selfish in a way because you're basically replicating yourself? So it's like, <laughs> this person's <laughs> no. me. I love everything about you that is me. Like, are you saying like else. having a
0: child is is vain? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't feel that way. No, I think. Um, I mean.
1: It's you like know? you liked yourself so much, you decided <laughs> to make a copy. Yeah, yeah. Like I like you, but you know the parts that aren't me. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. A but you, but you need you
0: need another half to make that. Need copy. a balance. Yeah, so
1: that's what's crazy. I think about uh, just rebreeding in the first place because you're getting their your genetics and then someone else's genetics together, and then you're creating something else which has a combination of both that and then both your parents and then both their parents and then it's like a long line and it creates this giant ancestry that's just ridiculous to think about. Right. But, you know, it's it's cool, man, that you, you're, you're able to find the passion because a lot of people, you know, especially people that are adopted, um, it's actually a statistic where they are proven to be better parents because they realize what not having parents is like or what not having... Um, known your real parents, or having someone that felt like they give up on you, but you realize that you take it in a good way. You realize they were trying to get you out of a bad situation. That's I, I'm glad that um, that had a positive effect on you, and I really appreciate you coming off work and taking the time to be on the podcast. Yeah, man, it was uh, something that you know I was really trying to get you on for because. It was cool. I've got the bass player, and i got to get the guitar player, who I've never met either. Yeah, Logan's a cool dude. eventually get my brother back onto the podcast, even though he doesn't take it super serious. But hopefully <laughs> he hears this, and he's like, all right, no, I got it. We got to do a Rogue Citizens podcast. Yeah, that would be cool. You I guys got to bring me a sticker or I would, I would a CD, because I'm selfish, and I like, I don't know. We will like make that fans. happen. Yes. For sure. Thanks for having me, man. No problem, man. I hope you had fun on
0: it. I did.